Awesome. Okay. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. I'm going to like preemptively say I apologize if my voice sounds different. I am dealing with some weird dental issue that we'll talk about and the lip Botox set in so my P's and B's might be coming out strangely. That's just going to be your little update in case you're like, why do you sound like you normally don't sound? But welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited. We're doing an Ask Me Anything episode. So we have tons of questions, tons of stuff to get into. It will be an hour-long run-on sentence as you're used to. But first, of course, my updates of the week. I know that I haven't really given you updates since the episode with Shannon because the second episode last week that we did was just so quick and moved so fast that I didn't give you guys any updates. But I'm leaving tomorrow for Europe, so next week you won't get an episode. I'm going, if you're listening to this for the first time, I'm going to London for three days and then Barcelona for seven days. I've never been to either. My best friend lives in London. My boyfriend studied abroad in Barcelona, so we're really excited. We're actually dealing with like the most fucked up thing right now, which is we couldn't book our flights like New York, London, London, Barcelona, Barcelona, New York. It was like three grand a person. But to do a round trip and then tack on the flight that's like Ryanair to go to London was like $800 a person. So obviously we chose to do that. But then we remembered that we were checking our bags and it's two different airlines and two different terminals in Barcelona with a two hour layover and customs so we're like fuck so we ended up finding though thank you to everybody who like reached out and gave me ideas we ended up finding a company that can take our bags from us at baggage claim and drop them off at our hotel in barcelona so we're gonna bring carry-ons onto the plane in like to go on barcelona like to go to Barcelona, we're going to take carry-ons, and then we're just going to take those carry-ons to London with us, and then our Barcelona luggage is going to stay. It's kind of annoying. I'm now, like, thinking, like, should we have done the London portion of the trip at the end? That way we would not have run into this. I don't know. It's it's sucky, but it's, it is what it is. And then, like, worst things comes to worst, I found that there is a flight at 6 p.m. tomorrow to London if we miss the one at 2. I really hope we don't miss it. That would blow. Like, I want to get to London at a reasonable hour because we have plans tomorrow night. Oh, not tomorrow night. Friday night. That's going to be confusing. But that's the update. I'm very excited for the trip. I'm hoping that, like, people I don't want to say leave me alone that sounds so annoying but like I'm hoping that like things slow down for a week like everybody that I work with knows that I'm gone and like things are really picking up when I get back and then after I get back I have like a week and then I'm going to my brother's graduation in Michigan and then I have I think like two weeks at home in New York and then I'm going to Avery's brother's graduation in Austin and Allie and her boyfriend are coming because his cousin's also graduating and then I'm going to Jake's graduation in Ithaca so like I really won't be in New York at all in the month of May which is crazy but excited for everyone excited for all that I got them amazing graduation gifts so I can't wait um okay what else oh I wanted to give you guys an update on my scarring from my surgery so crazy thing, when I was getting my lip Botox, Jody, I go to Jody Legurfa on the Upper East Side. She was telling me that she could um, laser them off, and they're looking really good now. Like I went to my first spin class today because my doctor was like, two and a half, three weeks out, you can wear two bras and go to spin class, but only if like it stops like peeling and the skin looks okay. So the skin looks okay today when. I couldn't do the weights, which kind of sucked. So I kind of was like, damn, I probably shouldn't have gone to spin because now like that whole weight song was a waste. I just get in my head about that kind of stuff. But I was really glad to like actually work out again, which is great. Um, 
I hit 500K on TikTok. That's another update. Thank you guys. If you've been following me on TikTok, I'm very immensely grateful for you. I'm really hoping to be verified. Like big fingers crossed, mostly because I have an eye on my eye on a like necklace. And I told myself if I hit 500K and get verified, I could buy the necklace. So now I'm kind of like, should I just say fuck it and buy the necklace because I hit 500K? And I'm like, no, you need to wait. So that. And the only other update I have for you guys is that I'm meeting with the publishers for the book on Monday the 19th for the whole day. So updates should be coming in regard to that. And then I'm going to have to write a book. So I'm almost like this has been a nice break of not writing because I haven't written anything in three weeks, mostly because I'm saving it. I'm really concerned about writer's block. Like I don't normally get writer's block, but I'm concerned about the output not being what I want it to be. So I'm hoping that like the five week interlude that we've had between when we sent out the proposal and the meetings, I'll feel really refreshed going into the meetings. I think I'm going to feel really refreshed. Like I'm really excited. And then once we sign that I'm going to feel really, really good going forward. So those are all the updates I have for you guys. Um, I'm really excited for my trip. Like I said, oh, the one other annoying thing. So I, <laughs> this is so funny, but like four years ago, I was on spring break in Puerto Rico and I was eating something and I think I had a cavity and my tooth like broke in half and I think I like swallowed it, but it was in the back of my mouth and nothing was painful. So I never like looked into it. And then I was getting my teeth cleaned and my uncle was like, you have a hole in your tooth, in your mouth. My uncle's a dentist. He was like, what the fuck, dude, did you do? And so we had to do this whole root canal, like kill all the nerves, this whole like crazy thing. He filled the whole tooth and put a post in it. So I don't have a crown, but I have like my tooth is filled and there's a post in it. So it was giving me a lot of pressure and like hurting me. So I went to him and by the way, it's half hour outside the city. So it's kind of annoying. So I went to him and I was like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, why is it hurting? And he was like, well, the post, like if you eat something super crunchy and you like hit the post, like it could bother your mouth. And I was like, OK, bet. Then for the last three days, it has been excruciating unless I have it fully numbed and I'm on three Advils. It hurts so bad. So the first day I like kind of ignored it, thinking it was just like the eat something crunchy, like hit the post thing. Then the whole left side of my face swelled up and you can't really tell. But if I run my hands over both cheek, the one side is just nice and smooth and like jawline and the other side has this like big bump. So now I'm like, all right, my face is swollen. It hurts like a motherfucker. And I have to get on a international flight tomorrow night. So I text him today and I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, you have to come in tomorrow morning at eight. I don't think you understand. Like, I have been going all day today. Tomorrow I have to go there at 8 a.m. And then I have to come back to the city. I have like four calls. I was invited to the invited dress rehearsal for Beetlejuice Broadway. And I want to see it tomorrow. But if shit hits the fan, I'm not going to be able to see it. And I don't even know if he's going to be able to do dental work tomorrow. He might just have to prescribe something to make the pain go away until I get back, which is so annoying. And of course, my hypochondriac mother is like Googling like all these things. And she's like, it's an abyss or like, I don't even know if an abyss is the right word. She's like, it's this, it's that. Like, I don't love that your face is swollen. I'm like, I also don't love that my face is swollen. Thank you. So that is so annoying. And I was going to go today, but I was like, I can't cancel anything I have today. And then the only thing I could possibly have, like, I could have gone for emergency dental work during this time that I'm recording. But I was like, no, the people need a fucking podcast episode. The dental excruciating pain can wait. Even though I have a public speaking engagement tonight, 
Like, I'm just going to have to go numbed as fuck because there's no other choice. Anyway, though, that's fine. Who cares? My uncle's dope. I love him. And he's an orthodontist and dentist in Union, New Jersey. So it's like it's really 30 minutes. But I'm going to have to call like a $60 Uber to get there. Because the way that the train station is, like, it would end up being more expensive to take the train. So, anyway, that's kind of stressful. But we're fine. We're going to we're gonna be literally in London this time 48 hours from now. So, I'm so good. I feel happy. Who cares? All right. Going to get into your questions. There's a lot. I picked. I chose. I think because you guys love Ask Me Anythings, right? So I think that I'm going to do like one of these a month or one every other month just because I think it's like important that we can do things that you guys want. And I'm not just talking about things that I want to talk about. So I'm going to do more of them. But I picked questions. And if I get through them really fast, I'll just go into the AMA that I have up in my story and we'll do them there. So some of them are serious, some of them are funny, some of them are personal, but I just wrote them in a list and I'm just going to go down the list and like kind of play 20 questions because I think that that's really fun. So the first one, you guys wanted me to rank boutique fitness classes and talk to you about the boutique fitness classes. If you know me, you know I love a workout. I love a boutique fitness class. Equinox is at the top of my list. I paid for Equinox for a full year before they started comping my membership to make content for them. Um, And I did it because I love taking spin classes and bar classes and yoga classes the Equinox membership is like anywhere from like $170 to $230, like depending on where you are, but it includes all those classes. One Soul Cycle class is $28 on a student, $28 for a student. I like just buy the student one. Don't know if that's allowed. Anyway, um, if Soul Cycle is listening to this, also I am friends with a lot of Soul Cycle instructors, so I do get to go for free, full transparency, because I go a lot. Anyway, though, I went to Soul Cycle today and bought my class because I wasn't friends with the instructor that was having the class, and she it was twenty eight dollars. So think about that. Like if you went ten times a month to Soul Cycle, I'm not that good at math, but like that's a lot of money, right? That's like three hundred dollars. So it's like less to go to Equinox and you could take spin every day at Equinox and also use their showers, work out there if you didn't want to take spin. You also have access to bar, Pilates, a steam room, like literally everything. They have a juice press in there. So that's gonna be my number one. Uh, SoulCycle, I'm deeply indebted to SoulCycle. I really like it. I don't know what it is. I've done Cycle Bar. I love Cycle Bar. I think Cycle Bar is really inclusive, special place. There's just something about the energy of SoulCycle that I'm like attracted to. And I think it's just like a childlike thing almost. Like it just brings me so much joy. So SoulCycle is probably my number two. I also love cycling classes. I love the music at SoulCycle. They have like access to, I don't know what platform they use for their music, but like they can do like SoundCloud remixes and shit during class. And I really like that. So Cycle, SoulCycle will be my number two. Um, let's see, solid core, really hard. I fuck with solid core. I like it there. That's good. Um berries, listen, I struggle with berries and orange theory because this is why. I think if you are like a if you're somebody that does strength workouts and you know how to do strength workouts, like if you're my brother, my little brother, he like knows strength workouts, he's had like personal trainers before, he taught himself, like whatever. You could go to Orange Theory and be fine. Like my brother also knows how to use a rowing machine. I don't know how to do that. And they can't give you individual attention. So every time I go, I get fucking injured because I'm like pulling weights and doing shit that I don't know how to do. And nobody's watching me do it wrong. And I'm trying to like look at other people. And maybe I'm just stupid. Like call me out of my shit. 
but I've gotten injured like fucking a thousand times at Orange Theory and Berries, and so I just don't go. I would rather like make up that class on my own. I know certain people aren't motivated in the same way, and that's fine. That's great. I don't yuck anyone's yum here. If you're like, I go to Orange Theory every day. My little brother does. I think it's a fucking fat waste of money. Like, go to the gym, run on the treadmill, lift a weight, and use the rower. But whatever, he loves it. I'm not gonna yuck his yum because I love SoulCycle, and people could say the same thing about me and myself, even because my roommate has a Peloton. So like, <laughs> like really, people could say the same thing. But it's just not my favorite, not my vibe. And then what else? There's a couple others. The Solid Core SLT. That one's really good. Yeah, honestly, they're all gonna be fun. I want to try Rumble, the boxing. People have DM'd me about that before. If you work there, DM me. I want to try it. Okay. That brings me actually a really nice leeway into favorite things to do in New York City alone. So I talk a lot about alone time. And I think for anxious people, alone time can be tough. I categorize it as passive alone time or active alone time. So active alone time is alone time you chose to have. So let's just say like, you're like, God, I'm just going to spend Saturday night by myself. I just need like a night by myself. And you get excited about it because you get to plan it. You're like, I'm going to binge watch my favorite show. I'm going to go on a YouTube rabbit hole. I'm going to like, you know, have a whole bottle of wine or like get high or like, I don't know, eat snacks. Like I'm going to have my night. Passive alone time is when you don't choose to be alone and you just find yourself alone for an extended period of time. So you're like, oh, I just feel really lonely right now. I could be by myself. I didn't want to be by myself. I used to struggle with passive alone time, but then I started treating it like I do active alone time. Like if I find myself alone for a long period of time when I would rather be around people and like I can't be for whatever reason or people are busy, I'll just like treat myself to something or I'll be like, let's like romanticize this the way you do when you choose to be alone. One thing I love to do alone in New York City is go to workout classes. I have a lot of friends who are either like instructors at workout classes or they like like to go together with other people. I, it's just not my favorite. I prefer to exercise alone unless it's like going on a run. I love to run with other people. Um, and so going to like a spin class is one of my favorite things to do alone because it's like inherently social. Like you can talk to people in the class. You can talk to the front desk. You can talk to the instructor. But like you're by yourself. You're not like answering to anyone. So love to do that. I love to go to the bookstore alone, even just to browse um, or... I take my book to Central Park sometimes to read when it's nicer out. I really like to go out to eat by myself. This is something I've worked up to. What I basically realized the first few times I did it is that nobody is staring at you and nobody gives a fuck that you're eating alone. Like if you go out to dinner and you're eating alone and reading and like having a glass of wine, like literally nobody cares. Like you're so worked up about it, but nobody else cares what you're doing. So I love to eat alone. I love to go see theater alone. That's like my number one. Um, I think I used to like to go see it with people more because I like to have dialogues about theater after. But now with my platform, I can just automatically and instantly have a dialogue, which could be a blessing and a curse because maybe I'm like unsocializing myself, <laughs> like I'm becoming less social. But I love to see theater by myself. I think it's just a wonderfully magic experience. And like you're in the dark. And so no one's like caring that you're alone. I don't know. I love a matinee by myself. I think that's like where I'm at my happiest place. Okay. Wow. These are all going into each other. So great. One of you asked me about being lonely in your 20s in postgrad. So I have a whole podcast episode about postgrad and like loneliness and all that. And I think I could even make a whole separate podcast about loneliness. So I will tell you to listen to that if you're like really consumed in that because it's like an hour long and you'll really get like you let something good out of it. Um, but for me, you know, I think that loneliness, I think that we connotate words so interestingly. So we connotate loneliness really negatively. We're like, fuck that. I hate being lonely. Loneliness sucks. I don't want to be lonely. You know, what if we just didn't do that, though? 
like what if we would just connotated it positive positively or just like neutral like i feel lonely okay fine let's get to know that feeling i always say when you feel something you have to get to know the feeling shake hands with it get to know it that's the only way you would know how to leave it behind as if you knew it so when you're lonely you have to sit with your loneliness you have to lean into it and i think being lonely is honestly the time that we can find out the most about ourselves because we're very vulnerable so when i was living in st louis in the summer of 2018 i was incredibly lonely and for the first few weeks i like resented it i was like fuck st louis like my boyfriend is in dc with all of his friends and like everybody we go to school with and all my friends are like with people in san francisco and new york and i'm in st louis by myself like i i felt so bad for myself but then i was like well you can't change this scenario right you have no friends here and <laughs> sorry you maybe don't want to make friends because like you're gonna leave and so like I was just stuck but then I was like what if you just got to know yourself like what if you truly enjoyed who you were so I started going on these super long runs and reading a lot and riding my bike and I would go to the zoo by myself or the mall and go shopping and like that was the first time in my life I actually liked myself and I didn't like get itchy and like anxious when I was by myself. And it was because I was so lonely that I had no choice to get to know that feeling. And then I didn't feel lonely anymore when I became like best friends with myself and started treating myself the way I treat all my loved ones. And so I think it goes back to that. Like you have to get to know the feeling in order to push it away. Now, if you're in postgrad and you're feeling lonely, that is normal. That is so normal. And something that I always think about is, you know, if you're like, like I was, and you're in a completely new city where you've never been before in your life with nobody that, you know, living by yourself or living with a stranger and you feel lonely, that's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. You know, like you're putting your human body in a place that it feels uncomfortable, that it's not used to. That's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. So you can't get all worked up about being about having a normal reaction to a situation that's not normal. Um, so that number two for making friends, please join my Facebook group. It's linked in my TikTok bio right now. And then it'll be linked to my Instagram bio in two days when I am done with the contract with the sex toy brand and can take that offer code out. So definitely link, uh, go there, click the link, join my Facebook group because it is a wonderful way to make friends. I think I've said this before, but these girls literally met in the Facebook group and they went to fucking Paris together from New York City. They planned a girl's trip to Paris with people they met in my Facebook group. It's a very safe place. And also, sometimes when I'm bored, I scroll through and I look at the the posts and there'll be girls like, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska, so I'm not sure if anyone's going to see this. Fucking people are in the comments like, oh, I just moved there. I swear to God every single city there are girls at least one person like I have yet to see one post that doesn't have comments even if it's like I'll be a long distance friend or like girls are finding roommates through it guys join it join it I don't know where you are in the world in your life join the Facebook group it's important you're gonna do it it's gonna be great and listen to that podcast episode about being lonely in your 20s okay <laughs> the next one the best advice that my mom taught me so you guys know my mom my mom is a very well-spoken person. She's like not book smart at all. She'll admit to that, but she's very real world smart, which I think is actually more important. And she like growing up, sitting in her car we would like drive around and like she would just like roll through calls like she has three sisters her friends like whatever people would be calling her asking for advice like this that and the other thing on like everything from like parenting to like dating like to like divorce like i swear to god she'd never been divorced people would like call her up and ask her these things so i think like she gives amazing advice but the best advice she always taught me is like to stand my ground and like not chase so like 
when she met my dad, she was 22 and he was 29. She never called him once. Literally, the bitch never called him. She was like, I want to be in a position of power here. I'm not going to be like the sweet, young, naive girl who falls for the bad boy older guy and lets him fuck her life up. Like, no, if he wants me, he can come to me. He can call me. I'm not calling him. And bitch, I stand by that every day of my life. And guess what? My dad wanted her more because she wasn't calling him. That's playing hard to get. And literally making a man fucking propose to you in eight months because you refused to move in with him. My mom refused to move in with my dad. And so he bought an apartment. He sold his fucking apartment and bought one further away from work, closer to my mom's childhood home because she refused to move in with him. because She was like, I'm 21. I'm not moving into your apartment. You're 29. And then he proposed to her after eight months and he was bringing her on like trips on boats around the British Virgin Islands and shit. She never called him. Fucking probably didn't call him until she was like married. That is the best advice she ever gave me. And honestly, did I listen? No. Sometimes you have to figure out things for yourself. Sometimes you are going to listen to my podcast and do absolutely everything I said not to, but at least you have the hindsight. And the whole time I was like not listening to my mom and like being like, well, I could just text him, whatever. Like a man who like literally didn't care if I lived or died. In the, in the back of my mind, I knew what I should be doing, which is never calling a man. Period. End of story. Libra fucking bullshit. All right. Next up, how to just get up and do your shit and get things done and not procrastinate. Okay, I'm a big list person. (laughs) I think that has been made clear by my platform. I love lists. I write everything down. If it's not in writing, I don't do it. I don't remember it. My Google Calendar, Bible. My assistant, India, she's sitting here. She has access to it. It will, I literally put in it, like, call Allie, get nails done, call Jake, like, book flight for like this like if it's not in there it's not happening for me and I honestly get excited because I'm the kind of person that like loves to cross things off a list I get excited when I look at a to-do list and I'm like I have all day to get all this shit done like I just like change the narratives like obviously like the common sense narrative there is like oh like I have all this stuff to do and like I'm just gonna lie in bed and procrastinate and then it's gonna get worse and worse for me it's like I get excited when I have like an organized little list Maybe that's the ADHD talking. I don't know that I guess like cross things off. Like I literally love doing that. And I think if I didn't write it all down and like I put myself in situations where I felt unorganized, I would procrastinate. And obviously it's not that easy. Like today I got out of bed at 845. Normally I get out of bed at seven. I wanted to start my day earlier so I could pack more. No, I didn't fucking do that. I'm gonna have to stay up now and pack. That's fine. Like, you know what? My body needed the rest. I'm in pain with my mouth, like whatever. But I think you have to, Put yourself in situations where you would feel organized. Like you would never purposely, if you're planning a party, like just forget to order cakes and balloons and shit and put yourself in situations where the party would be a failure. Why do we do that for our own lives? Like why do we put ourselves in situations where we fail? Set yourself up for success. A list is the beginning. You will feel so good if you like get a little journal, get a little planner. I always get mine at um, Barnes & Noble. I have the EOS Life Planner, EOS. It's great. It's ugly on the front, but who cares because the inside is so great. Every day, it's like the three things that you have to do today and then there's like a wider section on the bottom for the other things you have to do and then there's like writing portions and I like cross things off it feels great that's how I do it okay someone says best childhood memories um okay I have two like really good ones so the first one was that when I was a kid before my mom got sick if you don't know she has an autoimmune and it she got the autoimmune when I was 14 and it's obviously still happening but like it's under control now but it was not under control for five years. So for like most of my childhood, 
that I ever went anywhere and traveled, it was before she got sick. So like I haven't been anywhere with my mom really, unless she's highly medicated, like all of college and like most of high school. But anyways, before that, my dad liked to take us to Italy every year because he's Italian. And we went one summer and like we did this thing where like my dad like lied. By the way, like I am a little bit of a liar, like sometimes. <laughs> and so is my dad. Just a sensationalist. Like, I don't lie to you guys, but like I'm a great liar, like a fucking phenomenal liar. And I don't lie to you guys, trust me, but I can lie really well. So to, so can my dad. He like lied to this like Italian boat people that he like could captain a boat and like had a boating license. Didn't. Literally didn't. Unsafe. Unsafe. But whatever. Well, he can drive a boat, but like he doesn't have a license. So he convinced these Italian people to give us a boat, like that a rental. We rent this fucking boat. My mom's best friend, Danielle, is pregnant as shit. She also has a two-year-old. I think I'm turning 11. Like, it's my birthday, like, week. My brothers are nine, whatever. My mom's best friend and her husband and her kid. We get on this boat. And we're on Sardinia, the island. Crazy island. Like, insanely beautiful. But all of the beaches along the end are, like, for really rich people like not us like we're definitely like on this boat which is great and cool and like privileged as hell but we're not on a yacht we're on like a motor boat like we're on a fishing boat and these beaches it they're literally called the billionaires club i'm not kidding like you're driving by fucking yachts like huge yachts like craziest shit you've ever seen like i remember us driving and like First of all, we're also in like the Mediterranean Sea and my mom's friend is so pregnant and my dad is like illegally driving a boat and we're like American as hell. Like we have somebody on board that speaks Italian, my mom's best friend husband, but still. So we're driving by all these billionaires beach clubs like, okay, we're not going there. Like we're going to look like a fucking fool. Also, we're going to have to ask somebody else to like get their little dinghy and like drive us in, which is embarrassing because like we don't belong here. So we're not doing that. So finally, we find this one beach where we can get close enough that like pregnant woman can like get we can get her to like shallow enough water where she can like walk through and the rest of us swim we swim so we're in bathing suits and flip-flops we get onto this like part of the island this like section this town anchor the boat whatever we're like walking this island is this part of the island desolate there's like hardly any people there's like one golf cart we see there's like some houses and they're like really insane like i'm not kidding like what i remember is like deserted dirt road like there's no stores there's nothing right finally finally out of the woodworks we see this like insane like treehouse thingy and it's like guarded by this huge wooden door with like ivy it looks rich as fuck and there's like a thing out front that says like call this number it's like a hotel restaurant bar we call we have no idea that this is one of the most exclusive fucking restaurants in the world and expensive we have no clue no clue and the people there they took advantage of us because they knew they like come to the gate when we call they see three kids like a pregnant ass fucking woman a two-year-old and a bunch of like idiotic american people standing there dripping wet in bathing suits and they're like oh yeah we're gonna fuck these people so we go in and i'm like just old enough to understand what's happening like not yet we go in they put us on this like upstairs overlooking the water like it's the craziest thing and my dad they don't have menus so my dad's like well can we just do like three beers pregnant woman and like ice cream for the kids and like maybe like a little like cheese or something oh no they don't have that 
they start bringing over fucking seafood towers like you've never seen in your life. They're bringing over the most expensive champagne that they have on the menu. They're bringing over like ice cream that had I. It was the best thing I've ever consumed to this day. It had gold flakes on it. We're like, oh, fuck. We're like, shit. Like, we are sitting there. Like, I remember just, like, how hysterical it was because we were like, we did not. We just fucked ourselves. Like, my dad was like, we're never eating out for the rest of the trip. Like, it's over. It was so funny. And there was, like, no way to argue with them because then we're Googling it. We're realizing that, like, you can't get a reservation at this place. Like, it was just, like, 2 in the afternoon and they saw us and, like, decided to screw us over. But, like, I, to this day, remember, like, the visceral moment of my dad being, like, really take this in because you're never, ever going to have a lunch this expensive in your life again. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to be at a place like this again in your life. Like, it was one of those things out of a movie, but also comical because we did not belong there like and also why was it on this dirt road why was there no other places I don't know it's one of my favorite memories and like my parents can tell better because I was actually like 12 years old or 11 years old and just sitting there like taking it all in and remember being like old enough to like kind of be involved with the adult conversation but it was just like rat like we looked like ratty like it was hilarious so that's like one of my favorite childhood memories (laughs) Another one is um, my mom went out of town actually to visit the same best friend that was pregnant in the boat. And she never went out of town when I was really young because my dad was never home. But she goes out of town and my dad didn't know what to do with us. Um, And it was December. So he brought us to the store and let us paint our living room green and red stripes for Christmas. He like put down a tarp in our living room and like let us paint all over the walls. And he invited over like half our town and everyone got drunk and like watched us. I swear. And then we didn't tell my mom and she just came home and like the walls were like dripping red and green paint all over them. And she was like, what the fuck? And we were like, my dad was like, it's festive. I'm not kidding. There are pictures, evidence. I'll show you guys pictures if you want them. Hilarious. I wish I could tell that story longer, but I want to get through more of these. So we're not going to. The other one is funnier. Okay. Somebody said they're scared to move on from an ex-boyfriend. They dated them for five years, and it was, like, their first of everything. I think that, again, we have to remember that's a really normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Like, heartbreak is not something that's, like, humanly – it is humanly normal, but it doesn't mean it feels right. Um, And so I think that your fear is – very, very normal. It's normal to be scared. And like, nobody's obligating you to move on like tomorrow. And I think like, you know, you're also not obligated to go on a dinner date. Like you can start by like going out to a bar and seeing a guy and like, like flirting with him a little bit. You can start by like giving someone your phone number or like you can start by like kissing someone just once like you don't have to like find a new boyfriend tomorrow or find a new partner tomorrow I think that that's something that we so like often forget like when is she gonna go on her first date when is she gonna sleep with someone again like all that stuff you don't have to sleep with someone until you're ready like and that could be a year like I think for me like I had a very serious ex-boyfriend not as serious as this sounds um but when we broke up it took me a couple months to even like have the desire to sleep with someone It took me a couple months to even want to go on a date with someone. I remember I slowly started by like swiping up on the DMs of like a guy in one of my classes. And like when I went out, like being a little flirty, like you don't have to get pushed off the high dive. You can like take a swim in the kiddie pool and see how that feels. And maybe it feels like shit. The first time is always going to feel the worst because you're going to be inherently comparing that to your ex. I promise you like every single person crawling the earth right now is living proof that hearts heal because if they didn't, nobody would be able to ever get married. 
and like because nobody is married to their first love some people are you know my grandparents but my parents aren't like i'm not gonna get married to my first love like you existing unless your parents were like like met when they were five you're living proof that hearts heal and other people have gotten through it and you're gonna get through it too okay how to end a situation ship when you just don't see it going anywhere so i think that there's two ways to do this if it's like a hookup or like someone that you're just seeing if it's like if if you're like seeing seeing them i would just say the next time they ask you to hang out and if they like propose a date i would just propose like can we just like do something like at your apartment can we just like watch a movie and then when you go over there just being like hey i actually wanted to talk to you today like i just don't see a romantic future for us and i think you're a really good person and like i i wanted to be decent enough to do it in person i think that's like a really great way to phrase it but i think if you're just hooking up with the person and they like hit you up to come over you can just text them that um i just think the only time that you owe the person like an in-person explanation is if you've been like seeing them and they like ask you out on a date and you don't want to go and you're like how do i end this i think you could always just propose you do something at theirs but if it's been less than a month i think you can always handle it over text um but if it's like going longer than a month i would handle it in person um but yeah i would just be like i don't see a romantic future with you i think you're a really great person and i want to give you the opportunity to find that somewhere else and it's just not going to be me and i just don't think it would be fair to like keep that from you or like keep pretending um and then you could always say like good luck with x or like if you want to be friends you can say we should still be friends but don't lie i never say we should still be friends because i never want to be friends with the person so that's just me okay someone said how to not get ghosted i want to say something important about ghosting ghosting is not a reflection of you and i know it's really really hard to like actually feel like that that's true but when someone goes to you that's a reflection of them and what they were feeling and not of you they're not ghosting you because they don't like you like yeah sure they don't want to see you again but the reason they chose to ghost is because number one they're a coward number two they don't have respect for other people and number three they're an egotistical maniac who thinks they can get away from that with that you would never ever ever want to be with someone like that they just did you a favor by freeing you and showing you their true colors pretty upfront. that's a reflection of them as a person because yeah it really stings when someone lets you down and denies you but at least they have the human decency to say hey i just don't see us going anywhere and then they free you in that way and that's really polite and like a great thing to do but if you're getting ghosted that's just a reflection of these awful human beings like I really think like of course someone can ghost and not be a bad person like I think I've ghosted in the past and like I've gotten over it like I've changed my ways but what I'm saying is like I really don't think it's a nice thing to do and if someone's doing that you don't want to be with them in the first place and they just did you a favor by showing them showing you their true colors because if they were a good person they would have the decency to, to text you um so don't get hung up on someone who doesn't have the decency to send a message and who's too cowardly to send a message that's just basic human respect okay have I decided on the purse that I'm going to get with the book money? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Jackie. If you guys don't know and you're not following along on Instagram, I told myself that when we sell the book, I'm going to buy a purse. And I've never bought myself a designer purse. So it's either going to be the Gucci Jackie or the Gucci Diana. The Gucci Diana has a bit more structure, has these like wooden handles. But I like a bag that has a crossbody. And the Gucci Diana does, but it's like structured. So it's it doesn't like comfortably lie on your hip or anything the diana the jackie rather does and i love the black and i love the white one the problem is the white one is like a spring summer bag and i kind of wanted to get an all year round bag so we're gonna have to see i'll keep you guys updated on instagram of course okay someone said they're only in new york city for five days what should they do 
<sighs> okay, Rex and Link's highlight. <laughs> I have like all my Rex. But if I was you and I was only going to be in New York for five days, I would like split the days up. So like one of the days I would do like Uptown, Upper East Side, have your little Blair Waldorf moment, go to Ralph's for coffee, go to the MoMA, I mean the Met rather, um, have like lunch at somewhere up there like San Ambrose or something, go to those stores and just see Fifth Avenue up there. It's like very pretty. And then I'd go into Central Park because like you have to do Central Park, get like a bagel on the Upper West Side because the bagels are great up there, all that. And then that same day, I would probably do Midtown also because you're going to be up there. So I'd go see a show and you can either rush Broadway tickets, which is when you just show up at the box office and say, do you have rush tickets? Look it up if you're a tourist. It's really great and inexpensive. Or you can go to the TKTS booths in Times Square and just pick out a show. Usually day of tickets are inexpensive. I would have dinner at Becco in midtown and that's what i would do on one of the days another day i would do fidei um over in fidei you can see the statue of liberty and i recommend taking the staten island ferry for free both ways you can drink on it it's a free ferry it's 15 minutes long and it passes right by the statue of liberty it's the best way to see it for free close up without going to ellis island do that i would also see one world trade center and the 9-11 memorial museum it's absolutely beautiful very heartbreaking but it's really 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 well done and i think everybody needs to do that um and then after that you can go to brookfield place great shopping there's a cipriani down there um the west side highway is right over there the bottom of it so you can walk down that it's lovely obviously you're gonna need to hit soho and do all that stuff um i literally love soho so i would just shop and walk around and get like all those like dominique ancel and magnolia bakery and all those touristy bakeries like they're good for a reason they're touristy for a reason go to those do soho i mean i would just walk everywhere like you want to see greenwich village in the west village and washington square park and nyu you want to go to the east village to go out and like speakeasies and bars and restaurants are all great over there i have those on my list like you want to do all of it or else like why are you coming i don't want to be like or else why are you coming to new york but like there's so many museums like there's chelsea there's the highline there's the meatpacking there's the whitney museum there's the met there's the moma there's the like everything um do it all go to brooklyn um i literally love brooklyn again all my recs and stuff is on those highlights uh but definitely do a brooklyn day if you have time go up to morningside heights in columbia um it's just ugh, it's a great city and dm me if you need any personalized recs Okay, someone wants to know what to do if you see your long-term ex-boyfriend in real life for the first time in public. For me, you don't owe that person anything. My mom would tell me to look super, super good, be super polite and super brief. Like, do not let any conversation you have with that person last for more than 90 seconds. Go up to them. Don't be weird. Give them a hug. Be like, hey, so good to see you. Done. You don't need it. Like, unless you want to get back together or something. But, like, I don't think you owe them anything. I think you make it quick and brief. Okay. Can I speak more about not wanting to be a journalist but interested in journalism? Um, well, podcasting is journalism. So, like, on some level, like, I do – I am a journalist. Um, whatever. That is definitely true. Um, also, like, in my future, I definitely want to write a column. But I want to do, like, personal essay style or advice column. That's also journalism. I just wasn't interested in traditional journalism, meaning reporting and breaking news. Because I already fucked myself. Like, I have such a chaotic and biased social media presence that I could never have done that. Not – to mention, I'm very bad at traditional reporting. 
So that's really my story. I just like unconventional styles of journalism, but really like people look at like arts journalism, culture journalism, lifestyle journalism as not real journalism. I think that's just really stupid. Maybe it's not real news because it's not breaking news, but like maybe it is breaking news in the fashion world. Like, I don't know. I think that we should make those things just as important. Maybe not just as important because obviously the American people need to be informed, but you know what I mean. Okay. Someone said never had a boyfriend at the age of 24. Am I a failure? Okay. So this is my thing about this. If a guy was like, I've never had a girlfriend and I'm 24, people would be like, okay. Like society teaches men aspire to wealth, power, career, and maybe one day family. But if they don't, it's like that bachelor vibe. Like, oh, he's just so concerned on his career. And like on the weekends, he plays golf and he like he has such a fulfilled life. Like he's a bachelor pad. Like he's cool. Like it's so sexy and rock and roll. If a woman... <laughs> does not have a partner it's very different because we teach women to aspire to family and marriage specifically monogamy so that's even why like all the slut shaming stuff happens when women sleep with many people but when men sleep with many people it's cool and rock and roll and sexy and whatever so i think the problem that you're facing feeling like a failure is because society has told you that you're meant to aspire to monogamy and you're meant to aspire to family and home and when you look at your life you're like well i'm 24 like Society tells us like the earlier the better like your clock is running out and all that bullshit But I think that you are just allowed to aspire to whatever you want to aspire to it doesn't really matter It doesn't make you a failure to not have a boyfriend at 24. You're so fucking young it doesn't make you any less of a good person It doesn't make you any less attractive or interesting or successful or funny. It actually has nothing to do with you You're just on your own path and like I don't even think we should be having conversations of like why is she pregnant? Why is she not pregnant? Why is she engaged? Why is she not engaged? Just let her do whatever the fuck she wants to do i can't stress it enough like even i see it in my own life like my brother jack and i have both had very many relationships and we both are very relationship types for jack it's like jack is such a good boyfriend he's such a good boyfriend and like oh my god jack's a relationship type he's not a player for me it's like oh my god she's obsessed with men she always needs to have a boyfriend she's fucking boy crazy like she's a serial dater literally my family puts that on to me and i watch how they converse about him and i'm like but what the fuck he's had girlfriends do you view them how you view me like what it's so frustrating that is literally the reason why you feel like a failure but let me just tell you you're not you're on your own path the right things are going to happen for you when they're meant to and honestly i'm i would be so much fucking happier not having lived through the shit relationships that i did don't put yourself and force yourself into a relationship just to get into one you would rather be alone than in a shitty relationship and from somebody who's been in shitty relationships i can't trust that enough okay Someone asked about long distance relationships and I just have like my brief two cents on long distance relationships is as followed. Starting a relationship in long distance can be really hard. Again, I always believe if it's the right person, there's no wrong time and you should at least try and go for it. But if you're in a relationship that's healthy and it's the right thing and it has to go long distance, distance is not going to ruin or end your relationship. It's obviously going to put challenges on it, but it is not going to ruin your relationship. If you're in a healthy relationship, distance can actually be really good for it. I was recently talking to someone and I was like, for independent people, long distance relationships, when they have a healthy relationship to their partner, it's kind of the dream because you get to live your own independent ass life and they get to live theirs. And then when you see them, it's like a honeymoon every single time. And then you eventually work up to living together in the same place. And like you've gone through the challenge of being distance. And so your relationship becomes easier or maybe there's challenges in closeness. Um, but I think if your relationship is with the right person, distance isn't going to end it. Nothing will. There's no wrong time for the right person. Person. 
There's no wrong place for the right person. Just remember that. Okay. All right. Outgrowing friends who go out when you no longer go out. So I think with friends, and we did a relation uh, episode on friendships, so listen to it. But I think sometimes you have friends that like you're only gonna hang out with and see in the context of alcohol. Like you're only gonna hang out and see when you're going out and drinking because they're like your going out friends, and that's fine. Like people, like we put pressure on friendships. We don't view friendships how we view any other relationships. Like we view friendships like they're gonna just last forever, whereas we view relationships like okay, well if we start changing and we start pulling in different directions, like okay, we outgrew each other. Sometimes you outgrow friends too, the same way you'd have to break up with someone because you guys both changed and grew in different ways. I think that's really important to remember that it's totally normal to outgrow friends, but also that like you can have friends around that you're only gonna see when you go out. They can just be your going out friends. And in adult life, I think that's really important. Okay, these are more fun now. Actually, not all of them, but go-to drink in college was either rum and Diet Coke or vodka cran, soda cran, kind of. Sometimes I drink cider. I don't know. I drink everything in college. Um, my favorite TV shows and TV show recs are as followed. Sex Life of College Girls, Dave, is my favorite fucking TV show about Little Dicky and Benny fucking Blanco. And by the way... By the way, my literary agents have Benny Blanco signed. And I didn't know this. And they were like, Benny, they were like, if you were single, we would set you up with Benny. He really wants to date a bossy Jewish girl. And I was like, I was like, well, I would never want to date Benny, but I want to be his best friend. So like, what if you guys set him up with a best friend? Um, I love that show. It's so, oh, it's so good. They're coming out with another season. SVU, I'm obsessed, but don't watch it right before you move to New York because you'll be scared. New Girl. Love New Girl. Whenever I'm sad, I rewatch Glee. I am trying to think of what else I've recently watched. Oh, and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Those are my TV show recs. People want book recs for when you're getting back into reading. 100%, 150% read Sally Rooney books when you're trying to get back into reading. They will literally engage you from the get. Conversations with friends is better than normal people, but both of them are good. Um, read those two. And then if you're still having trouble, a lot of people like Taylor Jenkins read. I had a hard time with the books, but I understand that she's a literary genius. Like I think that she's an amazing writer. I just think the plots didn't resonate with me, but everybody else likes them, so go for those. Okay. How to open up about mental illness to a guy. <laughs> I'm like, this is so funny. I'm like, okay, here's tips for a blowjob. Here are my favorite TV shows. Um, here's how to be a master in the bedroom. And here's how to open up about your mental health issues. That's like my personality. Okay. So for me, I I try to be pretty much like 80% who I am on a first date because if I was pretending to be someone I'm not, then that person might fall for the person that I'm not and it'll never work out. So I always want to be who I truly am at the jump. Always. Um, and so if there's a way for it to come up that I suffer from anxiety and eating problems, I will always share it. I know it's not easy for everyone to do that. But for example, like on my first date with, with Scorpio boy, I think something came up about college and I was like, yeah, I actually had a hard time with college. Like I just struggle with eating problems. Like if he was going to think that was weird, he was going to make a comment about it or something like I don't want to date you. I don't want to be around you. I'd rather get that out of the way. Same thing with my anxiety. Like, I think pretty early on when we started, like, ser more seriously seeing each other, I was kind of like, yeah, I just want to let you know, like, I do suffer from anxiety. And so these are the types of things that get make me anxious. If someone thought that was weird, you don't want to date them. Like, point blank. If a guy made you feel uncomfortable about that, you don't want to date them. You want to date someone that makes you want to talk about those things. I think a really good sign is you feel comfortable and like excited talking about those things. Not excited, but like excited to open up. Like you feel comfortable and confident being vulnerable with someone. That's how I felt with Avery. And I think that's really important. Okay. Most memorable college story time. 
<sighs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. This is just memorable because it's tragic. So when I was a freshman in college, I started dating this guy who's a sophomore. He is uh, like one of the funniest fucking people ever. So like I will give him that. Like he destroyed my life. Um, but I am so beyond over it now that I don't hold any negative ill will to him, even though he traumatized me. I think that's how you know you're truly over someone when you don't like have any negativity toward them. Like I really don't like I wish him the best, like whatever. So it's kind of funny now. So I'm dating him and we're going to a date party function and we got a bottle of Ciroc, which was like so cool when you were in college. It was coconut Ciroc. I was wearing the fucking ugliest thing. It was like this gold metallic skirt in a black v-neck top. It was it was horrible. Horrible. At the pregame, blasted. I'm so drunk. I went over early to help the frat boys get ready. Like, ew, what a pick me, by the way. Fuck that. Anyways, I was there drinking from like five. The pregame started at like eight. Me and him wasted. There are pictures of me, him and Allie that truly I will be buried holding them. Like, they're so, they're hilarious. So we get on this bus and the date parties are normally in Detroit or like Livonia, Michigan, like at these venues or like Novi. But this one was in Detroit, meaning it was like 45 to 50 minutes away. And like the bus is meant to function as a place to like make out with your date, like talk to people. And like you never want to get too drunk before boarding it because it's 50 minutes on a school bus and like there's alcohol at the venue. Now, we get on this bus and we are way too drunk. And he's like, should we just not go? I remember him telling me, should we just not go? And I'm like, let's not go. Like, let's not go. We shouldn't go. Like, we're really, we're gone. And everybody knows that the pregame is the most fun part anyways. So we get up and as we get up, the bus starts moving (laughs) and we're going and we're like, fuck. And we try, and we tried to get up and like get to the front and be like, let us out. And they're like, sit down, sit down. You know, we're like so drunk and we're like, okay. (sighs) We get there and we're like, we're calling an Uber and going home. Like, we're so drunk. So we called an Uber. The In the Uber, I don't know what was going down, but the Uber driver was like, if you guys don't stop back there, I'm pulling over. And we're on a highway. I don't remember what was happening, but like clearly something. So then my ex like gets in the back seat and he's like, I'm sitting back here because like whatever. Like, I'm not like getting in trouble. Like, we're not getting pulled over. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll just sit here alone. We get back to the frat house and it's empty, right? Because everybody's at the formal. So he's like, should we shower? Guys, <laughs> guys, guys, guys. The answer to that question is always no. If you're in a frat house, it's always no. By the way, the way this shower was, it's like pieces of plastic tarp held up by fucking zip ties four feet of it though so no matter how like small you are you can see the ankles and then it's connected by like a loose piece of fabric that's like got mold on it on either side so there's no like hard wall like no matter what the dealio is what's going on in this by the way public like it's shared the whole floor shares it there's you it's is what it is so but there's nobody there correct 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 we thought so we go in there and like i i'm blurry at this point but like we go in there and we're showering and 
then like he forgets the towel for me so he just has one for himself and instead of just like giving me the towel and being like run to my room get changed and then bring me a towel he leaves me in there fucking naked in the frat shower and I don't know if I'm just imagining this time was slow time it felt like 20 minutes I'm like what is he doing and so I'm standing there, the door opens. I thought it was him, but I didn't say anything in case it wasn't. And the person goes, hello? I freeze. I don't respond. I don't respond. Then my ex comes in the bathroom, sees that his friend is in there, and is like, hey. And I'm still standing there, naked and cold and like wet. And the guy's like, hey, dude, like, I didn't go. And my ex is like, why? And he's like, I just wasn't feeling it. Like, I'm not feeling great. I just didn't go. But, like, it's clearly awkward. Like, my ex is, like, using this weird fucking voice. And the guy is like, oh, well, like, did you have fun? Like, why are you back so early? And he's like, uh, yeah, like, it was good. And then the guy's like, did Eli have fun? And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, no, like, I'm so embarrassed. Also, I'm 18. I'm a freshman. These guys are like 20 years old, like sophomores, like in the frat, whatever. I'm like, you can imagine you're mortified. He's like, um, my ex is like, yeah, she had a good time. And is like trying to get the guy to like get out of the bathroom. Um, and, and then my ex is like, I'll pass on the message. Or then the guy's like, the other guy's like, oh, good, good, good. Like, I want to make sure she had a good time. My ex is like, I'll pass on the message, like trying to get the guy to go out. And he goes, trust me, dude, I'm pretty sure she heard loud and clear. And then just walks out. <laughs> Wait, it gets worse. It gets worse. He gives me the towel. I'm like in tears. I'm like, fuck. I'm so embarrassed. Obviously, that's the shot heard around the world. They all find out. The next day, I've never met any member of my ex's family. The next day, his brother's in town. His older brother, who's like an adult, who's like 25 also a gay man not that a gay man isn't like a frat bro but like this gay man was not a frat bro he was like lovely and put together and stylish and like interesting and not that frat bros aren't that but this these frat bros weren't that they were different than him they're all out to dinner and it's like my ex his brother and then across is like another one of his frat brothers and then the frat brother is like yo did you guys hear last night about like blank and eli like in the showers I have to meet this person in fucking half hour. My ex is texting me like, yeah, like, yeah, he just found out. Like, actually, everybody knows. I'm like, kill me now or later. So that's like one of the most, <laughs> that's one of the most memorably college story times. It was so bad. And now I'm just like, why did I do that? Probably like a pick me. Don't do that. All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Early relationship do's and don'ts. Don't fucking take a shower <laughs> in a frat house. No, I think that in early on in a relationship, there's not much that you shouldn't do. I think you should open up to your partner. I think you should always tread lightly. Like, think about if you met a new friend, you wouldn't immediately tell them all of your life traumas. Like, you would ease into it. I think you should have to treat it like that. Like, ease into those big conversations and those big things. But like, set boundaries. Tell them what you do and don't like. Enjoy it. The honeymoon phase is so special. Don't put too much pressure on it. Like, you don't know how long this is going to work out yet. Like, you don't know if this is going to end in a month. You don't know if you can trust this person fully yet. I think, like, just have fun. Um, Don't put too much pressure on it. I think pressure comes later, and you don't want to, like, waste those early happy honeymoon days dealing with that. So definitely that. Um, Somebody wants to know about dating in New York City. I think 
so funny to me because there's this like negative stigma like dating in new york city sucks like everyone hates dating in new york city like fuck dating in new york city like blah blah blah, blah. like yeah it's definitely tough to date in new york city like it's not easy like people are so busy and in new york people have like such agendas and like their own goals and they're like on their own path and they're like grinding away but the catch is there are so many people in new york city there are so many men that are looking to find a serious partner. There are so many women that are looking to find a serious partner. There's so many people looking to find serious partners that like if you're just putting yourself out there and trying like something will stick. I think that's such an important thing to remember. Like, yeah, dating in New York, it's hard. It's tough. Like people are really in this grind mentality and a little selfish. We all are in New York City because that's how you survive. But at the same time, there's so many people. There's always something to do. There's always a place to meet people. There's always a date opportunity. There's always like a, a place to go. Like, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, I don't know where else I'd rather date. How do you date in LA? Drive three hours? Like, no offense. But what? Like, what if you live on opposite ends of LA? It can take two hours with that damn traffic. Like, I don't know. I just think that there's so much to do here. It's so accessible. Like, you could date somebody from, like, any borough. Like, I don't know. I think I used to date somebody um, who lived in Bushwick. And, like, yeah, it feels like a trek out to Brooklyn, out to Bushwick specifically if you're in Upper Manhattan. But it's really not that bad. Like, I dated a guy in Staten Island one time when I lived in Upper Manhattan. Like, it's not that bad. Like, you can get across all the boroughs easily. There's plenty to do. I don't know. I think that we should get over ourselves with that one. Okay. We only have a few more minutes, so spicing it up in the bedroom. I think that those card games have all been created for a reason. For example, Serena Kerrigan, Let's Fucking Date. It was created, or Let's Fucking Fuck, she has another one. They were created for the very thing of spicing up your time in the bedroom. Like, that's you gotta go for that that's amazing like we're not really strangers card game amazing books of karma sutra that was created for the very reason of spicing things up like figure out what you like yourself and then bring it to your person and tell them that you heard it on a podcast blame it on me i could give less of a shit you guys know that i think vibrator is the best way to spice things up in the bedroom as a woman I think, you know, that's a good place to start. But obviously, there's like new positions. There's new things you can try. Go to a, a sex store. Go to a sex museum. Like, go and do those things with your partner. Like, open up the conversation to pleasure. Like, pleasure is so censored, specifically on the internet. Female pleasure is so censored. It's so censored on TikTok. It's such bullshit. It's censored on Instagram. But we need to open up the dialogue to female pleasure. And I have a microphone, so I can fucking do that. Just open up the conversation to what feels good to you. And I think that's such, such a good way to start spicing things up. Because when you feel confident and comfortable, the sex is going to get better. Cannot stress that enough. Okay. How to move on from a failed talking stage. We kind of talked about this with ending a situationship. But I think that you have to treat, like, talking stages and situationships and like falling in love with someone you never dated as breakups like you have to feel from those emotions like don't waste time telling yourself like oh like I shouldn't feel sad like I'm beating yourself up like you should feel sad like you got hurt you lost someone doesn't matter if they were just having sex with you like you still lost someone I think it's so it's such an aggressive thing that we beat, beat ourselves up because we shouldn't feel a certain way newsflash you can't help your emotions you can't help how you feel if you feel super sad that's not a choice you know that came on to you like that's something that washed over you don't apologize for your emotions lean into them that's like my biggest advice there someone asked how to keep your day and night routines with a boyfriend um for me i just incorporate them like if i 
want to do my morning routine and I'm sleeping over there. Sometimes I'll just get up super early. Sometimes I just sacrifice it. I have a lot of skin products there so I can still do my same night routine. After he goes to bed, I always read and watch my TikToks and do my to-do list before I leave for his apartment. I just try to incorporate it seamlessly with him. Like I don't make it mutually exclusive. Like either I get to do my night routine or I get to see my boyfriend. Like I get to do both. Like I do my to-do list for the next day before I leave. I bring over my skincare products. I read my book still. I watch my TikTok still. If I have like a little work to do, I'll get it done. Like, I don't know. Think about like married couples lying in bed at night. Like the wife is like on the computer, like researching something. The husband is like passed out. Like people still get their routines done when they're in relationships. I think that you can have both and you should. Okay. Let's see what the last one is going to be. Um. All right. We'll do two more. How do I balance having a boyfriend, having friends, having a social life and career and job and everything. I'm a very organized person. And I think it goes back to um, the list thing. You know, like I actively make time for people that I care about. And like I have chosen where my priorities are. So like my priorities are exercise over cooking. Unfortunately, I had to make the choice. I don't have enough time for both. My priorities are a certain amount, a certain like certain friends of mine that I make sure to see at least once every two weeks. And I make sure to reach out to them if I haven't seen them in a while. It's just a subconscious thing now. Conscious actions turn into subconscious thoughts. Um, Rather, conscious thoughts turn into subconscious actions. Eventually, you'll just start doing it without even knowing. I just reprioritized things. Like my priorities are my family, my boyfriend, a handful of friends, exercise and my job and like my career and that's what it is and like I've chosen that and I keep my lists I keep organized I have two planners I have my google calendar I'm not afraid to ask for help if I really really need it I learned to say no to things I think that's a big one too like yesterday there was an ev- two events and I missed both of them because I just didn't feel good and I used to like push myself to go to these things and I was like dude there are so many events where this- these ones came from like you're not making or breaking your career because you're not going to an event because you don't feel good like you'd rather not get burnt out learning to say no was really really big for me okay the last one I'm going to answer is confidence versus being egotistical I think being egotistical is being like I'm the shit and nobody can take that away from me. Like I will, I never mess up. And like, if you do something mean, you're like, I'm not wrong. And like, you're, you're really stubborn on your opinions and like arrogant. I think like egotisticalness is like confidence with arrogance. Like you feel like if you hurt someone, like that's their problem that they're sad about it. Like you're just like not I don't know, like you let your confidence like girl boss too close to the sun and now you just think that you're untouchable. Whereas, or it's like born of insecurity, right? That's like the other one where you're like putting up a wall around yourself and like being mean to people or cruel or like thinking you're the shit because you have no other like coping mechanism. Whereas confidence is being like, I really like myself and I deserve to be able to vocalize that I like myself. I really feel good about myself today. You know what? I am going to post that thirst trap or like I I just feel great today. Like I I love myself. I'm going to post something on the Internet or like I'm going to say something to someone about how I like myself today. Like that's confidence. Confidence is like, okay, if someone rejects me, that's their loss. Confidence is just being self-aware about and knowing your worth, but also realizing that you could fuck up. You could hurt someone really bad that I always remind myself that there's someone better than me at writing there's someone better than me at podcasting like there's always gonna be someone better like I'm not a jealous person though I'm just working as hard as I can this is my 100% and I'm giving my 100% and I'm really proud of that I think comparison is the thief of joy don't compare yourself to others um but still like hindsight is 2020 like we all are realists on some level and I think it's important to also be realistic I think that 
egotisticalness. Like if you were egotistical, I think you would know. Like if you're a little embarrassed about being confident because you're like, I feel like I'm such an egotistical maniac or feel selfish. First of all, allow yourself to be selfish. Second of all, you're probably not an egotistical maniac. An egotistical maniac is somebody that's like, I'm just so great. And like, I could do no wrong. And like, I'm amazing. And like, nobody's better than me. That's a lot. You know, that's a lot. Okay. Um, I think that that's all we have time for because we've been going for about an hour. There were more questions. There were so many more. There always are. I'm going to do this again. If you liked it, if you liked this style of thing, let me know. If you liked something specifically, whether it would be the story times or my recommendations or like just giving advice live, we can talk more about that. I want this format to work for all of us. And this works for me. So whatever you guys want, I can make time for. I love you. I'm so glad I got to do this today. I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to do it. But it's fine. We're doing it. We're thriving. If you're coming to FIT tonight, I'll see you there. If you're listening to this tomorrow, I hope you're enjoying your day. I love you very much. Sending you big love. I will see you in two weeks when I'm back from Europe. I hope you enjoy all the content that I'm going to take while I'm there and send me good vibes for my travel day from hell. Love you guys. Bye.